How's everybody doing this morning? Good to see you all here. Welcome to All Generations Sunday. We're going to have a good time, kind of in the round here. It's a little different. It's a lot of fun. And, and it's extra, extra fun, extra fun, because I get to tag team teach here with my beautiful wife, Melissa Hale. So, what it up? What it up for Melissa? All right. So, so good to have all of you kids in here. We got Kids World. We've been invaded by Kids World today. All right. Hey, are there any kids? Are there any kids in the room? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I got big kids. Kids, 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 let's show them how it's done. On, I, want, I want you to scream out Kids World on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Kids. You're here. All right, just making sure, just making okay, sure. Okay, they are in here. Okay, good deal. Today, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun. Today, we're going we're gonna to tell you a story. We're going to talk about that story, what it means, what was going on, what it means to us today, and we might throw some rocks through somebody's head. So, just a rumor going around. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to that. Today, we're, um, we're going to be looking at another episode in the life of David, because uh, we've been in a series on David in here in Grown Up Church. And uh, David, today we're talking about an awesome story, everybody's favorite story with David, David and Goliath, Goliath. Yes. right? The rally in the valley, that's right. David and Goliath, we're very excited. This is a story, you know, whether you grew up in church or not, you know about David and Goliath, right? Probably. Uh, it's a story that, that touches all of us. We all find ourselves relating to David and Goliath somehow um, uh, because it's really the story when you think about it. David and Goliath, this is a story of the little guy and the bully, in a sense, right? Anybody remember the bully back in school? Anybody remember the bully? I definitely remember the bully, right? Um, if you, or maybe you were the bully, in which case you owe me like three bucks times a hundred. <laughs> it, was, it was rough years back then. I thought I was going to be like this tall and scrawny forever and ever and ever. So, yeah, Poor Scotty. It, it was very sad. The one, one bully in my, my school, definitely, he had my number. Um, this, this guy, it seemed like a, he seemed like a couple of years older than everybody. Uh, somehow that, that works out a lot. Um, but it, it was rough. By the way, if your name is Mike and I get twitchy around you, it's his fault. Okay? It's, it's nothing, nothing personal against you. And as a good rule of thumb, if you can't remember the bully... Yeah. You might have been the bully. You probably were the bully. Yeah, you might That's have right. been. <clears throat> That's true. So our story today starts off with two armies, two armies on two hills. Over here, we've got the Israelites. And over on this hill, we've got the Philistines. And in between is this great valley. And they're just facing off. They've been fighting, and now they're just facing off. And nobody's moving. Nobody's doing anything because nobody wants to be the one to go into the valley. Because when you go down into the valley, what do you got to do? You got to go back up the other side of the hill, which is kind of military suicide. So everybody's just sitting there. It's kind of this face-off. And, um, and the Philistines are not only a really bad enemy to the Israelites, but they really are like a bully on a national scale. These guys are bad news. They have been bossing Israel around, Israel around for ages and ages. And now they have even another terrifying weapon, and that is Goliath. Goliath, right? In 1 first, in Samuel 17, Goliath comes down finally. He comes down into the valley, and 
He's anywhere from, they say, eight to 10 feet tall, scholars believe. And he's hurling these insults against Israel and their God and making fun of them and just yelling at them. And here's Israel. They're all shaken and afraid, right? Because nobody wants to be the first guy to run down in the valley and charge. Nobody wants to be that guy. And Goliath, he's pretty much king of the playground, right? He, he's, he's lord of the sandbox. And he, he finally issues this challenge. He says, look, any of you Israelites up there want to come down, one man come down and take me on, challenge me. If you can beat me, we'll be your slaves. But if I beat him, you'll be ours. So that's kind of the way it stood. For 40 days, Goliath did this. Now, one day, here comes this little kid. <laughs> little kid. He's not a soldier. He's a little kid coming from home. And he, this kid named David, and he arrives on the front lines. He's bringing food from home for his brothers who are soldiers. They're soldiers. So he's, he's coming up to see them. And he hears this guy down in the valley insulting his country, his God. And, and he just, he can't stand it. He sees the whole army behind him all shaken and scared. So David, in, in 1 Samuel, David says, hey, you know what? I'll fight this guy. I'll do it. Put me out there. And King Saul hears about this. And King Saul's pretty impressed. Oh, there's a guy who wants to fight, finally. And so he pulls him in, and he realizes really quickly, this is not a warrior. This is a kid. And he's basically, he's a teenager. And he says, you can't fight this guy. He, th- th- look at him. He's been a warrior his whole life. He's a giant. And David, what he does is he starts to go back and retrace for Saul some of the victories that the Lord has, has helped him win. And he tells Saul, hey, one time a bear attacked my sheep, right? And I killed it. I killed it with my, my bare hands. No pun intended, right? I killed it, right? That's, that's pretty cool. And then he says, oh, king, and a lion, a lion attacked my sheep. And I grabbed it by the hair and I killed it. And I, I pulled the sheep back out, right? And I'm gonna do that to this Philistine. God will give me the victory. So right off the bat, it's pretty obvious David is not like some whiny little runt, right? I mean, he, he's, he's kind of studly. Um, so, so th- I mean, that's more than most of us have done, but, you know, killing lions and bears with our hands. So Saul, the king, he says, great, you know, go take your best shot, kid. He really has no choice because nobody else in his army will do anything, right? And so he puts all of his army armor on David because he wants to help him out. So he puts it all on David. And, and uh, David, he's stumbling around, you know, like with all this armor on, like some kind of kid playing dress up, you know, he can barely hold it up. And he's like, this probably isn't gonna work. I'm gonna trip, I'm gonna fall on my face. This guy's gonna eat my lunch. And so he says, you know what, uh, King, I, I don't want the armor. And so he takes his sling and he goes down to the creek and he gets five smooth rocks and he puts them in his pouch. Now here's a little history lesson, which is very fascinating. You might find it interesting. Now ancient armies had three types of warriors, the cavalry, rode the horses, right? Uh, the infantry, the guys on foot that were huge with the swords and the shields. And the third type was the artillery. Now, the artillery were those that were the archers using the bows and arrows and, of course, the slingers. Slingers were some... There you go. Oh, my. Slingers were some of the most amazing... <clears throat> the, uh, definitely the coolest. They were the coolest. If they were the kids at the lunch table... They would be the coolest kids at the lunch table Um, because they weren't necessarily big. They weren't necessarily strong, right? The infantry is big and strong. The the cavalry on horseback, 
They have a presence, but these guys have a serious weapon. Um, they were usually small, and they could attack without being a huge target themselves. And they were deadly accurate. Mm. Uh, they were sharpshooters. Basically, they were like snipers in the army today. So slingers could accurately fire a stone about 200 yards, two football fields, accurately. At, up, at speeds of up to 34 meters per second, which the, is the equivalent of a modern-day handgun. That's how fast that stone hit. So slinging was not easy. Not everybody could do it, but a skilled slinger could hit a bird in flight with one stone. The book of Judges refers to this. Among all these soldiers, there were 700 select troops who were left-handed, each of whom could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. You gotta, you gotta watch out for those lefties. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust them. I never have. And, and now, the stones the slingers used, they weren't tiny pebbles. Uh, these were serious stones. They've unearthed thousands of sling stones from the region and the size of baseballs. That's how big they are. Absolutely. Okay, so David was a slinger. David was a slinger. 200 yards. Hey, look, I made you a slingshot. Just like a pistol. That's, that's great, babe. Yeah. Don't, well, be careful. I'll be careful. Um, on the, the, worst on the other hand, Goliath, not a slinger, Goliath was heavy infantry. He was one of those infantry guys. Sorry. Yes. That's what happens at home, too. She takes, I'm so sorry. She takes away all my toys. I'm so sorry. Okay. Only, only Julius and Mason aren't up here to blame, so that's, that's unfortunate. Now... <laughs> What Goliath was looking for, what Goliath was expecting was single combat, hand-to-hand -hand fighting, right? That's what he wanted. That's he what wanted, he wanted. He wanted somebody to come down in their armor, hand-to-hand -hand combat, skill against skill alone, right. as uh, Andre the Giant said. Okay, so, and that makes sense because that's Goliath's game. Mm. That's his strength. He was unbeatable in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Nine feet tall, a brute, super strong. Right. No one can touch him. He's huge. His armor is too heavy for a sword and spear to even penetrate. He thinks the Israelites are going to fall into his trap, play by his rules, and he thinks somebody is going to try to come and sword fight him. Right. And this, of course, is what everybody, the Philistine army, the Israelite army, King Saul, everyone expected this to happen um, because that was how things were done. That was the way you did. When both armies were at an impasse, they chose two champions to slug it out in the middle, and the winner won the battle for everybody. Now, even Saul assumes this is what David is going to try, um, because he tries to dress him up in his own armor, mm -hmm. and so he can go and fight hand-to-hand -hand with Goliath. Now, the, the Bible's description of what Goliath is wearing proves that he was really prepared for this sort of battle. He's wearing 100 pounds of armor on every part of his body, his legs, his feet, his stomach, his chest, everything is covered. His javelin is made for breaking through the armor of any other opponent. He has a huge sword. He carries a spear that would pierce any Israeli shield. And, um, and look at what Goliath said when he challenged them. Goliath said, Come to me, girly people. He wants a... He says, come to me, right? He wants somebody to walk up to him and, and so he can clobber them with all his might. Right. Now, the last thing, kids and grown-ups, 
the last thing Goliath expected was for someone to step forward and fight him at an entirely different game. It's the last thing he expected. Amen. Because God doesn't play by Goliath's rules. That's the whole thing about God. It makes him so cool. He doesn't play by the giant's rules. He sends David, this boy who has absolutely no intention of, you know, just abiding by the, the old rituals of combat. And uh, Saul, you know, even Saul thinks David needs armor. Well, if you're going to go fight him, you've got to have armor like he does, you know, because that's the way he's dressed. And so Saul's in the same mentality. There's a, there's a writer many of you probably heard of by the name of Malcolm Gladwell. He's re recently written a, a fascinating book on this very story and kind of looking at some of the scholarly research that's been done uh, into this time. And he says this. He says, Saul thinks of power in terms of physical might. He doesn't appreciate that power can come in other forms as well, in breaking rules, in substituting speed and surprise for strength. So while Goliath's kind of, you know, just down there, he's kind of lumbering towards David, what does David do after he selects his rocks? The Bible says that he runs toward Goliath. He can run because he's lightweight, right? He's not weighted down with armor. He's maneuverable. You know, he's like a cat. And David shouts out in, in chapter 17, verse 45. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. In other words, this is the God who does not play by the giant's rules. Amen? Amen. And David puts a rock in his slingshot and he whirls it around his head faster, 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 up six or seven times a second when it's at top speed, and then he lets it fly finally. And where does, where does he aim for? The, the one vulnerable spot in his forehead. And it says that Goliath falls face first into the dust. And then if that wasn't hardcore enough, then David runs over, he pulls out Goliath's sword from his scabbard, and he cuts off his head, right? That, that's kind of neat. And then he turns back to his peeps and he's like, check it out, he's dead, right? And, you know, then you can see like all the Israelites, they're acting all like tough all of a sudden. Like, well, yeah, you got a taste of Israel, right? That's right. We were going to do that next, right? And, uh, and then all the Philistines are standing around going, well, by Jehovah, I think he's holding his head. Well, that didn't go well at all. Um, and then they, they flee. Uh, they take off running. So there's another interesting uh, little detail in this story that nobody in the Israel army would have known at all. Hmm. Um, but God knew. God, God didn't just show up on the scene this moment. God knew the story, and he was been weaving his plan the whole time. There's a lot of experts that believe there are clues that reveal Goliath may have had a medical condition hmm. that put him at a disadvantage to a slinger like David. First, he's a giant not everybody is 10 feet tall. There's a reason for that. It's now, it'd be terrifying. Now he was super tall, he was super strong, he was deadly. Right. But he might have had a, a symptom that causes that, is, is a problem in the pituitary gland, which pituitary could have gland. also made him not able to move quick because the bigger you are, the less fast you are. Hmm. But even more importantly, it would have made, given him bad eyesight, slightly inferior hmm. eyesight. Notice he tells David, to come to him, rather than simply walking toward David. The Bible um, talks about that. He also, he's infantry, but he has a shield bearer, which is something that archers had to protect them while they shot their arrows. But infantry usually carried their own shields. So Jewish scholars today believe the shield bearer may have actually been helping guide Goliath 
to his place in the field so that he'd go the right direction. And when David steps forward with the sling in his hand, what does Goliath say in verse 43? The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? David's not holding sticks. David's holding a sling and a shepherd's stick. But I think Goliath was confusing what he saw. He, saw, he didn't see a sling, because I think he would have had something else to say if he would have saw a sling. But this is all part of God's amazing elaborate plan. So <clears throat> the battle that Goliath was expecting suddenly and sharply changed shape. And as it turns out, what everyone around thought was Goliath's greatest strength, God actually knew it was his weakness. And that's what happens to giants and bullies and our enemies, right? They're not as strong as they think they are. And here's more importantly for you. Our God is stronger than whatever giant that you're facing today. Your giant, whatever it's called, whether it's financial, whether it's your health, whether it's something at school, whatever that giant is, which is keeping you from your promises and your destiny God has for you, it's not an impenetrable force that you cannot overtake. Your giant has a weakness, and your God knows that weakness, and your God will show you how to overcome that giant. And you know what? You know what's so cool too. Amen. Is on that Israelite army over, over on their side, they were just looking at at the outside. That's all they could see is this ferocious giant. Nobody over there was some medical expert, you know, that figured out, well, he might have a glandular problem or something like that. <laughs> They're just thinking there's a monster in the valley. And he was a monster in the valley. But God knows what's going on. That's right. God is He knows the whole picture. Amen. Amen. Um, all right. So, yeah, go ahead. Take it. You can, uh, you can read that quote. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, Malcolm Gladwell puts it eloquently. He says, giants are not what they think they are. The same qualities that appear to give them strength are often the sources of great weakness. The Bible says that God spoils all principalities and makes a show of all of them openly. And that's exactly the situation here. Right? There's nothing that can stand against our God. Amen. So there it is. There, there's the real story of David and Goliath. But ultimately, this battle is not just David versus Goliath like we often think of it. It's Goliath against God. Goliath against God. And you know what? Goliath is going to lose that battle every time. Amen? That, that is why Goliath never really stood a chance. Not really just because, you know, David was a really great shot. It wasn't just because, you know, he may have had some medical condition. Goliath always loses in your life, in my life, in David's life. He always loses because God doesn't play by the world's rules. That's right. He doesn't play by the giant's rules. And Goliath is really any obstacle that's going to keep you from what God is destined for you, what, he, what his vision for your future is, anything that's, that's speaking those words of fear and doubt and you know, insecurity and things like that, <laughs> all those things, that's your Goliath. And God has given you everything that you need for a victorious spiritual life. He's put it, he's put it inside. So when we receive Jesus, when we receive the Holy Spirit, it's in there. And, and God says, the land is yours I've already staked it out for you. It's yours. There may be some giants in that land, but I have stacked the deck in your favor because you don't have to play by their rules, right? Trust in your heavenly father and fight the fight of faith and watch me win. That is what God Amen. is telling us today. David shows us, we can see it in the word. You and I were created for the battle. Amen. Big or small, kid or grown up, we were made to be warriors for, for the kingdom of God. 
Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Isn't that enough? Hallelujah. Isn't that enough for you to remember? God has got my back. Not only that, he's got your front and all the sides. Guess what? He's everywhere. He's got you covered from every side. Now, you're a slinger in a world of infantry, right? Hmm. They're playing by different rules than you are, but don't, don't play at their game. Don't forget, God's given you a skill set. God's given you talents and abilities. God's given you his word. The word of God, that's your sling. I mean, that, you're whipping that around. Faith lets it go and hit the bullseye every single time now what else is your weapon prayer Ooh, Amen. prayer that's a good one that'll hit that giant right in the eyeballs obedience when you obey the word of god that is a weapon when you worship worship brought the walls of jericho down mm. not swords not fighting worship that's right these are our weapons now your giant, remember, he's weaker than he appears. You just have to see him, not as the world sees him, but as God sees him. God knows his weakness. God will tell you how to overcome that thing that's trying to best you. Because God, let me tell you, why does God help us underdogs? Why would he do that? Why does he want us to win the battle? I'll tell you why. Because God wants the glory. God wants to get the glory. He wants the world to see his victory through you. That's why we have to stand and be courageous and fight the battle because it's not for us. It's because we're giving God the glory. We're saying, hey, hey, Philistines, look at our God. Our God's amazing. Our God brought us out of this financial thing. Our God helped us, healed me. Our God restored me. Our God got rid of my depression. Our God brought my family back together. Amen. Our God got my kids saved after I've been praying for 20 years for him to get saved. That's what our God can do. You think God doesn't want you to get your miracle when your miracle would be a testimony for his glory? Amen. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. So you have to think like a warrior Amen. so you get that victory. Um, the world does have rules, right? The world's push, put these rules in. The devil wants to bind you with the way that things are. That's just the way it is. Oh, well, that's not how God... God sees you, and that's not how it works in the kingdom. Because really, God's a rule breaker. He doesn't play by the world's rules. Amen. You might think, no, God's all about rules. Is he? Let's look back. <laughs> Men thrown in a fiery furnace should have burned. Did God break the rules? Mm -hmm. Did he break elemental rules, and did men not burn? Yes. They didn't burn. God's a rule breaker. Uh, can, uh, can ocean waters part so you can uh, walk on dry land? That's impossible. Uh, God's a rule breaker. Oh, no, no, true. it's not impossible. God's a rule breaker. How about this one? Can an infinite God become a man? Well, that's impossible. No, God's a rule breaker because Jesus came the man who was still God. How is it possible? Wait a minute, I got one. Can God die? This time I'm going to say yes because God's a rule breaker. That's right. You did it. Okay. How can a God who can't die die for you? He did it because he's a rule breaker, because he wanted to save your soul and pay your price. Did he stay dead? No. No, 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 no. He took the, the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Because why? Because he's a rule breaker. That's our God. He purchased eternal life for us when we didn't deserve it because he is a rule breaker. And that's what he's waiting to do in your life. But 
you gotta, you gotta do something for him to be a rule breaker for you. Amen. And what, what do you, you can tell him about that? Well, the story, the story of David beating Goliath, it seems impossible yeah. until you realize that God is never going to play by man's rules. He's not going to play by man's rules. Now, you can choose to live your life by man's rules, playing by the rules everybody else has to, and you're on your own, right? You'll win some, you'll lose some. Or you can play by God's rules, and you'll have supernatural favor in your life. Right, Amen. and and he helps you do things you don't even you don't even have a you you win victories you don't have a right to win, because that's the kind of God we have. That's how much he loves you, and our God always gets his victory. What we have to do right. is surrender to him. We got to surrender our our pride, our egos, all that kind of stuff. You know, David could have said, "I want to prove that I could you know I could wield a sword just as good as he can." And you know what? That would have been a really short story about David's life, right? <laughs> We surrender our pride and our egos, and we, we do it God's way. We follow his instructions and trust him. Trust that God knows what he's doing, and when he tells you to do something that seems, this seems really counterintuitive and countercultural, and I just don't understand. If God is telling you to do it, step out and do it. Yes. Trust in him, and you will overcome Goliath. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's pray today. Father God, we love you so much, and I thank you, Father, for your goodness, and I thank you, Lord God, for these amazing stories that you put in your word, Lord, that we can see your champions of faith in action, Lord God, and see the, the ways that they, they trusted in you, Father God, and we can learn from that, and we can, we can follow in those footsteps too, Father God, and I thank you, Lord, that we have something that even David didn't have, and that is Jesus in our heart. We have the Holy Spirit flowing through us, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, for that. And I thank you for every single person in this room, every person from the age of two all the way to 100, Lord God. I thank you that you are moving through them, that there's not a person in this room that you're done with. There's not a person in this room that you've given up on. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a mighty future in store. You've got work for them to do. You've got battles for them to fight and victories to win. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, for that. Thank you. Amen. 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 I want to invite our prayer partners right now. If, if you guys will come forward, y'all can stand right up there by that stage and, um, and pray. If you need prayer today for anything at all going on in your life, I encourage you to not leave until you, you get these guys to pray with you in faith. They'll stand with you in faith and uh, we'll, we'll see your miracle come to pass together. Amen. Amen. In just a little bit, after some prayers gone on, we're going to, we'll have the kids, you guys can come on up here and we'll Take, take your best shot at Goliath up here. And don't forget, there's going to be some rockets firing out in the it's north. all kinds of action. Parking lot, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, we're getting you out here a little early. So uh, leading edge, don't forget, 1230, we're meeting back up here. And uh, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Pastor, thank you so much for letting us speak today. Thank Thanks, you. Pastor. Thanks, kids. You did a good job, kiddos. We love you, kids. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>